I think like over the next five to 10 years, I do think it's more likely, like rather than worrying about technology or machines, like taking control of, over humanity or manipulating humanity, I think, I think it's more likely that this stuff, you know, changes the way we work. It probably replaces a lot of jobs. And I, I actually, I think people are gonna be surprised at which like the types of jobs it replaces. I think, I personally think something like writing and copywriting I don't think those are at risk of, of being replaced and, and, and the way, because there's a creativity element to it. There's a marketing element to it. There's, there's messaging and, and, and storytelling. And so with Content Edge, we, we're trying to augment the abilities of writers and copywriters. We're trying to give copywriters superpowers to, to draft and create really good content quickly, like quicker than they could before and easier than they could before that's gonna rank in Google search results. As a copywriter in the tech space, I have to say the AI frenzy is definitely beginning to exhaust me. I am someone who greatly benefits from these tools. I use them every day in my freelance copywriting business, but I'd be lying if I said that what they can do isn't a bit intimidating and worrisome. Then you add all of the noise and all of the conversation that is happening right now. You kind of have the triggered writers who are putting AI down, saying that it's absolute trash and will never replace copywriters. And then you have the AI advocates who are saying that copywriting is done, move on, it's over. And like anything in life, the answer isn't cut and dry. There is nuance to this conversation. And that's why I'm so excited to get someone on the episode and bring you an AI episode that's really rooted in the history and the facts. I'm interviewing Ryan Bednar, the founder of an AI copywriting tool that I use in my business every day to write faster and make more money. It was just refreshing to get his take on where he sees the industry going, understanding what AI really means for freelancing and SEO and how we can just use these tools to benefit us, but also trends we need to be aware of so that we really can survive, that we can create a lucrative freelance career. And my main goal with this conversation is just to cut through the noise and have a down-to-earth conversation that isn't filled with hype or scare tactics or clickbait. So I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome, Ryan Bednar founder of Content Edge. I'm so excited to get into this interview because everybody is talking about AI. It's all anyone can talk about, either that or my algorithm just keeps bouncing back things that I, maybe I'm in an AI echo chamber. I don't know. It seems to be all the rage. So I'm so excited to interview you. Thank you for being here. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to chat. I don't think you're in an AI echo chamber. This is like all of the rage right now. And apparently millions of people are, are, are using chat GPT and, and um, it's, it's just really exciting time. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you about chat GPT in this interview too, but first let's talk about what you do right now. Tell me a little bit about rank science, and then we'll talk about content edge and how you create content edge. Sure, sure. Yeah. So Rank Science is an SEO software and services provider. We work with a lot of startups to bigger companies, sometimes enterprise companies, to help them grow traffic and rank in Google search. And I started this company back in 2017. So I've been working on it for a while now. And we've been building software the whole time. We built a bunch of SEO A-B testing tools originally. That's what we got started on. So you know, we could help customers test like uh, which title tags convert users at a higher rate from Google search. And we eventually 
found out about GPT-2, which was the first large language model from OpenAI, and we got early access to that. And I thought, wow, this is going to change SEO. This is really exciting. GPT-3 came out about two years ago, and we had early access to that as well. And that was even better. And, and so we started building tools to help copywriters, help marketers produce content that's going to easily rank in, in Google search. And we eventually spun that product out called Content Edge. And that's gotten a lot of traction over the past six months as this AI is so topical and people are really excited about it and everyone's talking about it. And uh, yeah, and, and so that's like a core part of our business. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of my, my summary. Can you explain, because what's confusing to me and probably anyone else not familiar with AI is like, there were existing AI tools, then ChatGPT kind of exploded into our vernacular and became mainstream. And ChatGPT is by a company called OpenAI. Where does all this connect? Where does the Jaspers of the world and the all the other little AI tools you've been using, is it all one thing and companies are taking the technology and making their own? How does it work? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And it's it's kind of a fascinating story. So <clears throat> OpenAI started, I think, six or seven years ago. And it was originally a nonprofit. And Google, Facebook, a bunch of these big tech companies had been working on these large language models for years, but weren't really releasing any anything with that, with that software. And so people started leaving Google, who were experts in AI and neural networks, and they, they started OpenAI. Elon Musk was one of the co-founders of OpenAI, believe it or not. And, and it was a nonprofit. And one of the missions behind it was to harness AI and to make sure it's safe for humanity and that it's good for the world. Because if this gets good enough, if this artificial general intelligence gets good enough, you know, people worry that it could be harmful to, to humanity. So one of the, the, the main mission behind OpenAI was to make sure AI is safe and 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 serves a good purpose. A couple of years later, they decided that the best way to grow OpenAI and the best way to fulfill their mission was to do it as a for-profit company. So now it's kind of a it's a complicated like legal structure where a nonprofit owns a for-profit. But anyway, they, to answer your question, they released this. GPT-3 API, this application program interface where companies like us can access it. And for the last, say, two and a half years, you really had to be a programmer to access it, right? You needed to write code to speak to their API. But then a few months ago, one month ago, two months ago, they released ChatGPT where you didn't need to be a programmer. You just could, you could, you could treat it like an IM conversation. And that's where the, the, the excitement has really grown and, and things have really got crazy because it's you know, programmers for the last couple of years, like knew how insane this technology is. But now, like, I think when it's at your fingertips, everybody knows. Um, and so mostly when, when we're looking at all these different AI companies, they're using OpenAI's technology, GPT-3, to power what they're doing. And maybe they're putting their own flavor on it. They're using it to train their own models. Like we have our own models for SEO, like what's going to rank in Google, but we still, we lean heavily on the GPT-3 API. So I, I would say something like 80 to 90% of the AI products in the market right now use OpenAI's technology, GPT-3. 
Interesting. When was Content Edge founded again? Yeah, so it, we spun it out of Rank Science, but really about two years ago. So it's been it's been about two years. So is it absolutely wild to have been one of these early movers in this space and now to see how this is exploding? It, it is, it is because I've been really excited about AI and these large language models for, for a while. And it's pretty crazy to see what I would consider like more normal people, like in my life, like my mom, like talking about it and understanding it or like her using, you know, chat GPT. I didn't know that it would reach such like a mainstream frenzy, like the way it has over the past two months, but I, but I get it. And the crazy thing is I think people still sort of like, people are just starting to understand like how powerful these tools are, but I think people sort of underestimate how rapidly they're, they're advancing. So like, I think what these large language models could look like, like one year from now, two years from now, it is going to be absolutely mind blowing. So I, I really think like we're, we're just getting started still. Yeah. And I want to get into that too, because I'm having so many conversations with writers about it. And there are, there's all, there's like two camps where people are either frenzied and scared and super alarmist. And then the other camp where it's like, this can't do nearly what I can do. There's no way this is going to replace writers. And my argument is this is going to take us by surprise because what it can do is impressive. And then you add that, how many signups did ChatGPT have in that first week? It was like record-breaking. And it's learning from all those, from all that usage. So it's exactly. a capability we can't even comprehend. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And, and so it was originally trained on, they claim it was trained on 10% of the internet. So they, they've crawled the internet much, much like Googlebot has and but but now they're starting to train it on like private networks and so think about like i'm a i'm close and i used to work with a online therapy company called called seven cups of tea or they're at sevencups.com and they have millions of people every day having conversations for like emotional support with like active listeners or therapists and they're now starting to use those conversations to train AI. So those are like private off. Those are conversations that don't take place on, you can't find those on Google. You can't find those on the web. Those are private networks. And they're starting to bring in AI to learn from these conversations. And so like, I don't, you know, my, my, my close friend who is a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know, he believes that we're going to be able to train AI in a very short matter of time to be a better therapists <laughs> or as you know, one of the best therapists possible, possibly better than a human in, in a very short amount of time, which is really incredible. Yeah. And while that scares a lot of people because they don't want to think of being replaced, it's also benefiting a lot of people because therapy is very inaccessible for most. Um, it's very expensive. It's very hard to find a good therapist. There's a crazy demand ever since 2020 there's like a mental health crisis and people are having such a hard time so and that brings me to the ethics about all of this what you said before about open ai being founded out of the idea that it needed to be safe i was shocked to hear you say that i did not know that because every chat gpt subject 
YouTube thumbnail I'm seeing online, like the Joe Rogans and like these huge people talking about it. It's always like, this is terrifying. This is scary. So what are your thoughts like ethically? I mean, I guess you're a little biased because you're the founder of an AI company, but try to be unbiased and tell me what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a risk to it, right? Like, I don't know how real that risk is in the short term that it's like, become smarter than us. Like one of the fears would be if we create this intelligence that's smarter than us, it could manipulate us into, it can manipulate mankind. It can manipulate humanity into doing things that give it more power or that are in the interests of the AI more than they're in our interests. And it could get so smart that we're being manipulated in ways like we have no idea. Right. And I I do believe like when this happens, like, if we create this general artificial intelligence, this, this AGI that everyone talks about, like it is going to be like flipping a light switch. Like it's not going to happen gradually. It's going to like, it's going to happen super fast. And so from that perspective, I, I do think it's smart to have, try to put guardrails in place, but at the same time, it's hard to even predict the ways that, you know, this could, this could harm us or, or hurt us. There's a bunch of like sci-fi movies around it. Like if, if you ever saw, if you ever watched like Ex Mahina, which is like a pretty, pretty creepy one. It's like AI exploiting um, like the emotions of humans to like get what it wants. And it's worth, a, it's worth a look. That's like kind of a, that's kind of a cool one. I'll, for, I'll watch that for sure. Have you seen the movie AI with the little boy from the sixth sense? I forget his name. It, it, it's literally just called AI it came out in like the two thousands. You-, you know what you're talking about? I don't remember. It's been a while. I don't remember what that was like, but I, 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 I can picture the, the cover of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's another good one about AI. Cool. I'll have to check that out. I think like to, to, to revisit your question, I, I think like over the next five to 10 years, I do think it's more likely, like rather than worrying about technology or machines, like taking control of, over humanity or manipulating humanity, I think I think it's like more likely that this stuff, you know, changes the way we work. It probably replaces a lot of jobs. And I, I actually, I think people are going to be surprised at which like the types of jobs it replaces. I think I personally think something like writing and copywriting I don't think those are at risk of, of being replaced and, and, and the way, because there's a creativity element to it. There's a marketing element to it. There's, there's messaging and, and, and storytelling. And so with content edge, we we're trying to like augment the abilities of writers and copywriters. We're trying to give copywriters superpowers to, to draft and create really good content quickly, like quicker than they could before and easier than they could before that's going to rank in Google search results. So so we're trying to like augment their abilities. I do think there's there's other areas where, you know, you'd be surprised that I I think AI is is actually going to, you know, start to replace jobs. And and I think like actually like software engineering it's it's pretty amazing what's happening already. You know, you can get the AI, you can get ChatGPT to 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 write code for you pretty quickly like given a few inputs or sentences and and so there's some like pretty technical tasks like that that I that I think are are at risk or at the very least like one programmer who has these tools and is and is well versed in these tools could maybe do the work of like what 
10 programmers do today. So I think there's a, there's definitely going to be like some big shifts coming. And I think those are the things like worth working on and we're trying to understand over the next couple of years. And we, you know, with, with content edge, we're, we're really excited about, you know, likewise, like one writer being able to produce lots of content, being able to be really productive and getting their stuff exposed, ranking in Google with the, with the assistance of this tool. And so, so anyway, that's kind of the lens that, that I look at it through, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I look at it through a similar lens as well, because I've definitely given into like the panic of it all because just so many voices and so many scare tactics going around. And I think it's what you said, it's consolidation versus elimination. There are a certain amount of writers who are super generalist and don't have any other skill other than writing that will see less opportunities, but there's niche writers and specialty writers and people who know how to communicate with a human being and say, oh, this is your marketing plan. I think we should create this piece of content. If you level up your skills as a freelance writer, I don't think that you have something to worry about. You're actually just going to use this tool to create more content faster. I, I totally agree with that. And, and that, that's exactly like kind of what we're trying to do with Content Edge, like help writers create better content faster. At the same, on the other end of that, right, if you're, if you're undifferentiated, if you are kind of just a generalist writer who takes orders and fulfills them, I mean, yeah, that, that this stuff might be more challenging. But if, you know, if you serve a certain niche or, you know, you have figured out a way to build relationships with certain clients through certain networks... I mean, that, that stuff isn't going to go away. So I think it's going to be empowering for many people and, you know, and, and then maybe a little threatening to some, and, and I understand, I understand both sides of it. I understand being on the side because I, I, I have a background as a, as a software engineer, as a programmer, I understand looking at it as like, oh man, this is like, this could replace programming work. And that's, that's kind of scary. This could reduce the number of programmers we need. And if, you know, if you've trained your whole career to do that. Um, that's, that, that's, that's frightening. So, so I can empathize with that for sure. Yeah. And I do want to talk about like dispelling some AI myths. And I want to read an excerpt from an article that content edge, your company published because, and, and this is the, the thing that really like pisses me off that I see a lot of people online. They're like, they state such obvious things like there's no way this robot can do what I can do, but it's like who in their right mind really thought that they were going to completely rely hundred percent on an AI tool and just publish it without looking at it. Obviously you're going to have to edit it. You're going to have to edit anything. And the person you submit it to, if you're a freelancer like me is also going to have to edit it. So I just want to read this excerpt and I want to get your opinion on kind of like this dispelling this misconception, but it says when using AI copywriting or content generation tools, it's important to still read through the content. Every article, either written by a content writer or an AI tool, needs some proofreading and editing before it's ready to publish. It's important to read through your content to ensure everything makes sense and is relevant. Checking basic things like grammar, spelling, punctuation, is essential and determines a good article from an excellent one. And this was for context, the part of the article that was talking about, well, is AI going to, is using AI going to ruin your ability to rank? Is it going to make duplicative content that harms your, your search engine? And I almost liken it to that little sticker on a tractor that says like, do not stick your finger in the blade. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's so obvious. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this. It's like, 
you have to obviously edit before you publish the stuff. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, that that's really funny. I, I like that analogy. Yeah, we, we encourage everyone like not to just publish outright what Content Edge produces. Like this, this is meant to be a guide. This is meant to be helpful, but it, you know, everything should be edited and reviewed by, by a human. And, you know, there, there's a lot of talk out there right now, at least in the SEO community around, because there's people throwing up websites and launching hundreds of thousands of pages, like using AI right now. And it's, it's all AI content. And I wouldn't recommend doing that. I think Googlebot is like pretty smart and can figure out if you launch an unnatural amount of content overnight. Now, for you to do that in a slow, gradual time period to get to hundreds of thousands of articles, then, then it's going to be harder for them to, to understand that AI was used. But you, you have a real leg up on the competition if you're trying to rank in Google, if you're trying to do SEO and you're using AI tools right now, like, like Content Edge. And so I, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. There's a lot of discussion around, can Google detect AI-created content? In the long run, the, the answer is they absolutely cannot. In the short term... There's some tools they can use to guess if AI was used in the creation of an article, but it's really just a guess. And the, the confidence intervals I've seen are really low. They're like 20. They can, they can, they can guess up to 20 to 30 or 20 to 40% accuracy, whether something was, was used, created by an AI tool. But in the long run, they have no chance of, of being able to detect whether AI was used. And, and I, in, in our view, we're trying to help people create better articles and I, I don't think Google is going to be upset if people are publishing good content. You know, if AI was 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 used as a tool to help create it, but it was also still kind of reviewed and edited by a human, we think that that's that's fine. That's actually creating good content for Google. The the other side of that though is that this stuff is 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 happening, is evolving so quickly that it could really change how Google search and search on the internet works. And, and I'm sure you've heard around Google has declared a code red. They're, they're, they're kind of terrified of chat GPT because a lot of people think, hey, th this interface, this chat bot gives better and smarter search results than Google itself. And so while Google on one hand has to fight spam, people you know, using AI to create spam through its, its current search engine, they're also worried about how do we evolve our search engine in, in the future and, and to compete with ChatGPT and should our search engine use AI to serve results in the first place? So they're kind of like fighting a battle on two fronts. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy times. Yeah, I think Google has been this just giant that nobody could defeat. And the fact that, I mean, this is like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time they've really been challenged in terms in of 20 years yeah in, in terms of being knocked out of that number one spot they are just so powerful and this true. is the first real threat it's absolutely true yeah and and i mean i'm i'm old enough to remember when like yahoo was bigger than google but you know since then google has had like no real competition they've had like a real stranglehold monopoly on search and it's something of a natural monopoly right like they're I don't know that they engage in anti-competitive behavior in search. Maybe you could argue that they 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 feature YouTube in search results like more than they should, because and that's their own property. But they've they've had this monopoly from just like creating a better product. You know, the results were always better. But now, you know, there's people who have one tab open for Google and one tab open for ChatGPT, and you could see how ChatGPT could evolve 
into, into a search product that's better than Google. And o- OpenAI has a huge deal with Microsoft to power ChatGPT and, and GPT-3. So they're using Microsoft cloud products and they're, they're getting like all kinds of free credits. But I think Microsoft also gave them a, like a made a billion dollar investment in OpenAI. And they're already introducing the ChatGPT results into the bing.com search. And I don't know when the last time you binged something was, I, I, I can't tell you that I ever, I, I run a search engine optimization company. I don't even look at Bing. Like the number of people that use it is so small compared to Google. It's, it, it doesn't really matter. However, you know, maybe this sort of technology could, could change, could change that. Personally, I use Ask Jeeves to do all my search. Just kidding. tell me about like the use cases for content edge and who can benefit from using it. And I'm also curious when you first created it, how did you see it being used versus where you see it going now and who actually is taking to it? I'm just interested from like a founder's perspective. Yeah. So, so I can answer that first. I think first I'm, I'm like really entrenched in the SEO world <laughs> and I'm a programmer, but I, I've helped start a couple of different companies and you know, with, with various d- degrees of, of success and, and failure. And search was always the thing. Search was something I, I kind of figured out how to get good at. And I could see as a pattern between like the companies that succeeded and the, and the ones that didn't. And, and, and so I, I built this product first with like SEOs in mind, but then, and so it, with a real focus on like ranking in Google search results, like every, all the content was really meant for to be for landing pages and blog posts, people that, that want to get them to rank. We've expanded it beyond that a, a bit where, you know, people drafting content for other formats, you know, drafting content for LinkedIn or, or even just like, you know, if you're writing a book, you can get value out of Content Edge. So we've expanded it to, to kind of like copywriting in general with SEO still kind of being our main differentiator versus, you know, the Jaspers and all, you know, all the other copywriting tools out there. We, we think Content Edge is the best tool for drafting content that's going to rank in, in Google search results. And so to answer the first part of your question, like, what does it do? You can really easily draft, you can enter a keyword you want to rank in Google for, right? And, you know, if you have a business, you know, you can, you can do some keyword research using Content Edge to figure out what are people searching for that's related to your business where, you know, maybe they land on your website, they may convert to be a customer. You can enter a keyword you want to rank for. And in a few clicks, you can generate an outline of like a piece of content that's going to rank that is designed to rank in Google for that term. And then you can kind of double click on each one of those outline points and expand those into paragraphs. So, you know, within minutes, you you can write a 2,500 word blog post or, or landing page. You can also use the AI to generate images. So instead of using a stock photography site, you can use Content Edge to, you know, draft a quick headline image for a blog post or a landing page. And then another feature that we found helpful, and this is definitely helpful in the SEO community specifically, but I think it's helpful for writers overall is like being able to rewrite text. If the AI produces a paragraph you're not fully happy with, you can say, you know, rewrite that for me and we'll, we'll change the language on it to something that that's maybe more palatable or something that's different. And so these are just tools that I think, I think the younger generation 10 years from now 
writers are going to think it is insane that you didn't have these powers in, in your Microsoft Word, in your whatever. I grew up using like WordPerfect or something. And, 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 and so we're, we're trying to build this to, to, to augment the, the abilities that, that writers have and make their lives easier and help them produce better content. Yeah, it's been, and I'm a user of Content Edge. It's been a game changer. It really is that that search functionality and that ability to do everything in one window. So it's like having the keyword research, being able to rewrite things, being able to have Content Edge generate the idea, generate the outline. As a writer that specializes in blogs and other long form pieces, it's just there's so much toggling back and forth to different windows and pulling so much information and Googling so much of the research and pinpointing stuff and bringing it into the document. So that's why I really like working out of Content Edge because I'm able to do everything in one window and eliminate a lot of that context switching that happens when you're constantly going from screen to screen. I'm totally with you and that, that, that makes me happy to hear. I think, yeah, traditionally, if you're an SEO writer, you would have a whole bunch of tabs open, you know, to, to your point, you'd have one tab open. That's like your keyword research tool. Maybe you use SEMrush, you use Ahrefs. Those tools cost, by the way, like at least a hundred bucks a month. And then, you know, you have a, a spreadsheet open with the different keywords that you want to highlight or, or make sure you knock, you, you check off in your article, or maybe you have your outline in there. And then you have your Google Docs open or your WordPress open or, or Microsoft Word and, and you're toggling between all of those things. And with, with Content Edge, we, we try to bring it all into one screen and then also grade your document in, from an SEO perspective on like, is this comprehensive on the topic? Does it include all the topic entities that we think it should that you know we kind of reconstruct Google's understanding of a topic? And will tell you, you know, what, what are the keywords you should include in this article if you want Google to give you a high content relevancy score, because that's what's going to help you rank in Google search results. So, so we try to bring all those, those, all those tools into one application and also do it for like a price that is more affordable for, for, for writers, freelancers, people who are not working for big companies. And so we have a free trial if anyone wants to check it out at, at contentage.com, but even our first paid tier is, is affordable for, for most writers and freelancers at 29 bucks a month. So we're trying to just create and give away a lot of value for, for people. And yeah. Yeah. As someone who's investing in a lot of tools, whether it be Ahrefs or, you know, other AI tools, 30 bucks a month really is a steal. What do you see? I'll end it on this. What do you see for the future of Content Edge? And is there any like new developments or any things that you guys are working on within the company that you're excited about? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. Right now, we're, we're so we've had a ton of growth over the past three months with all the interest in, in AI. We've been surprised actually at, at all the users that, 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 that we've been adding and we've been getting really good feedback from people. This is like probably a boring answer to start, but, but like we have some like user interface things we want to tidy up. People are asking for, we, we have lots of customers now with like hundreds of content edge reports and they're, they're asking for better ways to organize them. So we're adding some more kind of like content management features and like how you could create folders for clients and keep 
content in there and, and, you know, better stay on top of it. So we're starting with that, but then we're, we're also, you know, we're deeply focused on making sure the AI generated content that comes out of this is useful and helpful. So that's something we're always like forever improving. Those are the two things that that are top of mind right now. If you have any, if, if you have any feature requests or is anything you, you want to see, let, let me know. We probably, probably build it pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. And that's always the mark of a really great company is just to, you know, getting the feedback and seeing what features people are requesting and, and iterating on that. So that's really good. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. I'm so excited for everything that's to come with Content Edge. I'm excited for all the writers who are listening to this to give it a try. It's free. And then you can upgrade when you're ready. I 100% recommend it. I think at this point, if you're not using some type of AI tool, it's the equivalent of checking your spelling in the dictionary instead of using the automatic checker at this point. People seem to get really riled up on this subject. So I want people to be a little bit more open-minded of like, hey, use this or else you're going to take longer to get assignments completed. And that makes you less money as a freelance writer. That's the big thing I just try to drive home with people. I, I think that totally makes sense. I, I like that. I, I like that framing. It's like this is this should be a tool in your tool belt. If you're you're a freelance writer, this is something that can help make your life easier and then help you, you know, you know, potentially make, make more money or, or craft better content or craft content that that converts or, or appears in Google. So I think it, it should be viewed as a, as a tool and not as a um as like a, an enemy or, or a threat. I, I think it's, I, I like the way you framed it. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And again, everyone link down below, you'll see how you can start using Content Edge. Cool. Thanks so much for having me.